0: MMA, Muay Thai, Boxing, BJJ, and Strength and Conditioning. This is the Fight City Gym Podcast with your host, Ross Adkin. Welcome, Alan, to the Fight City Gym Podcast. How are you doing today, mate?
1: I'm doing great. It's
0: a rare day off for you. So not often you're at home, really, is it?
1: No, no, I'm, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm all over the place every day. Yeah, I'm traveling yeah. Traveling a lot. Yeah, I'm traveling in. Within the in the UK now, a lot visiting a lot of the affiliates now. I'm going to Worcester, for example, Worcester this weekend. So, I'm uh, Sunday. I'm going there, so I'm very busy at the moment.
0: Yeah, always, mate. It's a good problem to have, though. Okay, so can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, your life growing up and how you got to the point where you are now.
1: Uh, <clears throat> well. I started in, uh, I, I really never was really into martial arts that much when I was growing up. Actually, jiu-jitsu didn't come in my hometown in Brazil, in the northeast of Brazil, until it came in to Europe as well and to U.S. because it was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Vale Tudo, which then became MMA, was very, it was a thing only in Rio de Janeiro mainly, and in the 90s, it wasn't really, we didn't have that many schools or I didn't know of any school in the early 90s of in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in my hometown until Royce Gracie competed in the UFC and and then there was a big boom and suddenly the Jiu-Jitsu club's starting to appear. And, and that's really when everything kicked off and it kicked off for me as well. Um, but prior to that, I was pretty much doing uh, you know playing a lot of football you know we live in uh i used to live in uh the coast in brazil so which is it was just a few minutes from the beach so it, it had a very strong beach culture uh it was the early 90s as well they had a different mentality as well so you know um a lot of street fights were like it was very open like it wasn't it wasn't uh Let's put it that way. It was never like police was never involved in street fights or anything like that. It was just very casual. Uh, it's just it's part of the culture back in the day and how it was. And that's how it is. You know, I guess like England in the early 90s as well. East London and must like that, too. Um, uh, And we pretty much, you know, there was just pretty much if it was pretty much street fight, really, <laughs> not, not much martial art. I did some boxing classes with my uncle you know, a few boxing classes with my uncle. And then is when, uh, I uh, watched that UFC and we were not sure if that was actually real or not, you know, when I first watched it and, um, we went to a, a Jiu-Jitsu Academy, not far from the beach where we were. And it, it was run by this, uh, former pro surfer he used to be, a uh, pop surfer in brazil and he had a he suddenly appeared in um with the jiu-jitsu academy at the right time and we all went there and i remember walking in there and i'm looking at the class and i'm thinking "Uh, there's not much punches i don't i don't understand what's going on um and then i straight in jumped in on the mats and i sparred and i got tapped about 20 times and from then on i got hooked you know
0: yeah yeah, interesting, because um, everyone thinks of Brazil here and just thinks, you know, BJJ's been there forever and and it's just that every kid does it and it's everywhere, you know. Uh, interesting, that it was only in Rio, really, even in the 90s. That doesn't seem that long ago, really.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it wasn't popular. It was, <clears throat> I have to say, judo was very popular. And actually, jiu-jitsu now killed a bit for judo, where I believe now a lot more kids do jiu-jitsu than judo I mean that's what my friends I can see from my friends now and, and when I went to Rio as well and in my hometown I could see a lot more jiu-jitsu academies in every corner and back in the day it was a lot of judo academies there was a boom well before the jiu-jitsu after the movie uh, karate kid yeah and but that was very short too it didn't last long but the judo was very popular, and then there's another Brazilian martial art which is called capoeira, which yeah. is kind of like a dance and a martial art. Music is more cultural. Uh, it was, um, it's a uh, you need a lot of agility, and uh, you know it's 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 something. It's really good for uh, to the increase of agility as well, and in, the, in the martial arts, I think it's. Is something that is good if you do Thai boxing, if you do jujitsu, it will increase your um, your agility. So I think it's it's a good martial art to practice uh, for me as an extra. But um, I would say, even though I have a lot of friends that do capoeira, I wouldn't say that it's a, like a proper martial art like uh, like jujitsu or like uh, Thai boxing. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it's but... a lot.
1: It's very choreographed. You actually don't spar in capoeira.
0: Yeah, wasn't that, um, didn't that originate in the prisons? Wasn't that from that? Yeah, that
1: was in, uh, no, that was in uh, in Brazil in the um, 1800s. And in, in Brazil, there was a, uh, the slaves in Brazil who came from Angola and in Africa. They went to, from, to Brazil to work there. And then uh, they were trying to work on self-defense against the uh, the colonialists, you know, and um, the uh, they, every time they practiced a, a kick or a punch, the the, the, the rulers there, they would say, um, you can't do this, and then they'll lock them up. So they were actually disguising that and acting like they were doing a, a dance and playing music, but they were actually practicing martial arts without them realizing it. So this is how it originated from.
0: Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about BJJ? What about the origins of BJJ? Because obviously develops from another martial arts and you know why is it so different what what makes it so different from what from where it started you know the, the martial art that it came from originally
1: yeah i think the the thing about bjj is um i don't think today today in 2021 if you walk into fight city for example and you train jiu-jitsu quote-unquote
0: you're not really doing
1: jiu-jitsu you're doing mixed grappling arts whatever it works in grappling and let's say sambo or catch wrestling or judo, whatever it works in every single martial art is incorporated in jiu-jitsu. Okay. So it's every single martial art in grappling is what we do today. And that's the, that's how, what the grappling evolved. So I would say we actually do more grappling than actually the actual jiu-jitsu that they used to do in the 1930s or, you know, so uh the, the the I would say the origin it was a bit different for the origin of jiu jitsu in the UK which they call now traditional jiu jitsu which is not really a traditional jiu jitsu from Japan it's a jujitsu just made here in the in the UK um there's a lot of associations of that jujitsu, but it's more church halls instead of gyms you know um
0: yeah. yeah for sure yeah so like bjj how how good is it for self defense because obviously that's something a lot of people get into it for or, or, or get or know, know about it for the first time. And and so how long would it take the average person to go from complete beginner to yeah. sort of have some techniques learned that they, they could use to look after themselves? Not that they're going to go in, win competitions and nothing like that, but just to give them an edge over the average, you know, attacker or just someone on, on the street.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, to me, it's the it's the martial art that every police officer should know here in the UK. It should be a mandatory thing. Because it, Thai boxing is a fantastic way to defend yourself. But if you elbow, knee, and punch someone multiple times in the face, it's probably not going to end up well in, in the courtroom, you know?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and in Jiu-Jitsu, you can actually just pin someone down restrain them until someone else comes in you know like a security guard or a police officer in a perfect world that would you know that would be much better than actually striking someone you could take someone to the ground and strike them but then you know it's not the ideal thing to do in england 2021
0: you know yeah well even uh, i've got a little story a bit about that because obviously my son's done some bjj with you and yeah. His, his school's got like a no striking rule so even if you're getting attacked you're not even allowed to sort of hit back you're supposed to call for a teacher which you know it's a bit ridiculous because it'll take ages okay. to get there whilst you're getting struck in the face um yeah. but my son he's at two two occasions he's used like a takedown and and then just sat on the kid and he didn't even get in trouble because they didn't even know what he was doing he just got a mount and just stayed there until the teacher come lifted him off and the other kid got in sort of trouble because they sh- saw him throw the shots and uh they, yeah they don't even know what BJJ is so they just yeah sort of, oh well reminded like, to
1: give him another stripe then <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah 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 it's been so long with this lockdown he hasn't done anything he's sort of starting to forget need to really get him back yeah for sure um yeah and I think like so how important is self-discipline as well that comes into it because obviously I see that in my son and you know how important is that in in jiu-jitsu in terms of you know learning and you know yeah the
1: the 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 discipline is um we're not a like with the japanese culture where you have to come into the gym and you have to bow and you have to be very strict and if you go if you see our classes in fight city they're very casual you know some people come in late which you know they have jobs and you come to the gym a bit late, it's fine. And, you know, everybody just shake hands and there's a, 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 it's very friendly environment. It's not like an uptight environment. However, if you want to do this, you need to learn how to get beaten up in jujitsu. If you want to do jujitsu, you need to learn how to get smashed. That's the number one thing. If you cannot get smashed, that means you can't really do this for a long time, or you, you wouldn't, survive three months which is which is what I think that's that's how long it takes to um, defend yourself really Mm -hmm. you can use jujitsu in a street scenario to defend yourself it will take you about three months to pick up and uh, the discipline is is pretty much that you gotta make sure you show up in the gym even if you have your neck is hurting say your ankle hurts and we got members in fight city one of my students honey she hurt her ankle like pretty bad but she carries on training, you know, and this is self-discipline. This is all, I never tell her that she needs to come. I never force anyone to come to the gym, obviously, when they're injured, but they choose to do that because they're self-disciplined, you know? So it's a a very personal thing as well, because I don't want to inflict on anyone and force them to come to my Jiu-Jitsu class, which is, you know, I mean, it wouldn't work that way as well. Um, But a a lot of the members, I would say, 99.9 99.9 of the members that we have training jiu-jitsu there are very well self-disciplined you know
0: yeah yes yeah, so how how different does that look to say like brazil now because you know get this image of brazil where it's like, they produce these sort of monsters in obviously mma and that so yes yeah, image of like it's super strict and you know the no coaches opposite kicking. no
1: no, no, no. Well, it depends on the gyms, you know. There, there are some gyms that they do a little, uh, they're a bit more crazy. But I'm gonna tell my example of my gym that I used to train in Brazil with my coach, who's still the, my coach today, uh, Zehadiola. You know, um, he, um, it's the, it's like I said, it's the beach culture. is this is the beach culture, and being casual is what it helped jiu-jitsu to be what it is today. Because if you, for example, see judo, there are a number of techniques now that are banned in judo. That they're not allowed to uh, anymore. You're not allowed to use anymore, like single leg, like leg grabs, uh, submissions, and so. The more you limit the sport you practice, the you know the more difficult the progression is, the evolution of the sport is. So in jujitsu, for example, because it was so casual and there was like a, no real government body, whatever anybody brought said, oh, I saw just this knee bar from, oh, okay it works Yeah, he tapped so-and-so with a knee bar he tapped so-and-so with this kind of strangulation or a neck crank and it was just so open that every single technique was allowed to be used in that scenario in brazil so when it came to U- u.s to the u.s for example and to europe it was even adapted even more to the techniques that people were picking up from wrestling or from or the grappling sports and now it is what it is today you know it's like um if you see any other martial art that has a technique that we don't use and it works, the next day is incorporated in my class. This is how it is, you know, it's whatever works we use.
0: Yeah. That's a great thing about BJJ. So open, uh, it's like an open market. The evolution is so quick, I think, because of that, you know, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Um, so obviously you mentioned judo there. So, uh, one of the things is with judo is it's obviously it's in the Olympics. So they, they want it to look good on TV, don't they? It's become more of a sort of spectator sport and less, maybe less sort of brutal. Um, so, would you like to see BJJ in the Olympics, or do you think it could end up watering it down in that way? I the think. Same?
1: Yeah, I think it'll water it down like um, like they did with judo, you know yeah um with a lot of rules and a lot of like uh uptight people deciding how it will be work on television i don't think it would work because a black belt match is 10 minutes yeah you know it's a 10 minute match so you can get a submission um and a lot of these submission only tournaments they they're, they don't have a government body they don't have a standard rule um for your submission only for example if you got a show here in polaris and you got another show in the us they don't have the same rules, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They don't have the same rule set as well. How to win the tournament? Some like Eddie Bravo's EBI is called EBI in the US. is has a, a different rule set than the ones in in the UK. So it's I I don't see it really going anywhere in the in the Olympics. I don't think it will be accepted in the Olympics. And if you see the jiu jitsu, jiu jitsu is most jujitsu academies are not run in church halls they actually have an open academy which you don't see that in judo and that means that the judo coaches they cannot be professionals like myself that's all i do i'm a full-time jujitsu coach and I, i allow myself to make a living out of that and but a lot of the judo i don't even know i mean maybe someone knows that is listening to but i don't know one judo coach that makes a living out of just purely judo and doesn't have to get a side job as security or firefighters or something like that you know
0: yeah for sure for sure Mm. so like being someone say someone is like a blue belt now or or something like that like how realistic is it to sort of become a, a bjj coach for them to do that as their job or you know or or a decent side income um
1: yeah, the, to me, uh, I mean, I produced world champions before in jiu-jitsu in the U.S., you know, uh, and this is a very proud moment. But to be, to me, my the most proud thing that I did with my students is making sure they can make a living out of that, out of the sport. So if I know that I have an X amount of students who are making their living out of jiu-jitsu, I know I've done my job right, you yeah. know? So it does take a long time. I have students before or even now who are really keen in teaching and that's fantastic, but you have to go through a period. It's kind of like a quote university period of learning jujitsu to be able to teach properly. It's something I went through, Sarah went through, Tommy, Tommy Yeep went through. Um, it's going to halls and teaching for two people going to, different scenarios and having to teach classes anywhere. Uh, for example, I went to Whitechapel, set up mats and teaching a Muslim-only class for four people there, um, not getting paid, um, you know, doing a lot of the things for the love of the sport. So once you get your black belt, you went through so many scenarios that you're very comfortable teaching. And this shows in the classes that we teach in Fight City, for example, you know, the the jitsu is a very popular program. Because all our instructors, they're really well trained. You know, they they went through through and through. So I would say that if you're a blue belt and you want to teach Jiu Jitsu, it's great. There's yeah. a market for that. There's an opportunity. I'll give an opportunity for those who work hard, but you gotta go through the grind. You know. Yeah. You have yeah. You have to work. <laughs> <clears throat> you have to do a lot of things like when I remember when I was a blue belt and my instructor said, Hey, Alan, can you cover the class this weekend, please? Cause you know, I'm away for a seminar or something. And I was, I felt super proud. I would never consider charging my instructor, you know, saying, Oh, actually you need to pay me for, you know, the class or something like that. So if your first focus, your main focus is money and not actually the, the, the love of the sport, then I would say you won't go very far. Obviously you need to get paid. You need, but that's when that will come once you're a professional. Once you're a brown or a black belt, then you're gonna start earning, obviously. But I think in the beginning, you sh- your priority should be learning jujitsu and uh, and making sure everything you do, you do it because you're passionate about the sport.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good people out there, so that you're gonna be competing against. So um, yeah, if you haven't got that, you, that you won't uh, you won't get ahead of them. Yeah,
1: you see in Fight City, for example, there's a a lot of other gyms nearby and uh, there's a few differences that we brought to the table that, you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, most of the gyms around, they don't have, you know. So, for example, at any day or any point, you walk into my class or Leon's class in Thai boxing and pretty much every single person is going to be friendly. Every single coach, I mean, I, I like the fact that what somebody's walking around on the mats, they're looking at my class, and I, I go over there and say, hey, bro, you, you're interested in jiu-jitsu? You like jiu-jitsu? And I've never seen that in the other gyms nearby. I've seen that somebody's walking down, and you, they look at you, and they're like, oh, what is this guy looking at? You know? Kind of like that's the feeling. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is the quality that we bring in, because we went through that period of not being, you know, just having our main main focus was the love of the sport. We bring that that passion to you know the students. You see everybody there's not just a team as jiu-jitsu, there's a community. You see a lot of our members, they go out, they, you know, jiu is perfect as well for that to have make friends in this kind of environment. So if you come to Fight City, for sure, you know, maybe the first month obviously everybody gets shy and you know it's a bit quiet. But if you start engaging with people, then you realize you make a lot of friends there as well, you know. See a lot of our members, we go out and, and weekends and you know they do barbecues as well and do stuff like that. We're gonna we're planning on doing a football game as well again this year. We did a football game last year, we're doing another football game with the Five City members this year, so with barbecues and stuff. So uh, it, it, it brings a, a, a very good environment, which is you know a bit a dif- our differential with a lot of other, um, of some of the other places that I've seen before, and yeah. Uh, yeah and that's very important not only it's everyone is friendly but the quality of the the the, the martial art you're, you're learning like it's high level you can see our members in fight city we got a lot of guys that are uh, like james prince one of my students he's um you know he's a businessman he travels all over the world he's a very busy guy he's a father he's got a very busy schedule and he's still puts time to compete internationally you know he medaled at the europeans in portugal uh, so he's a silver medalist you know um david oliver as well you know he's um he works in the city uh, it's very very hard job he has um in it and uh he won the london open gold medalist you know so that shows the the, the quality of our uh the jiu jitsu that we bring in
0: yeah for sure yeah um so what would you say to some of the members who or sort of maybe they were lifting weights a senior class and thinking about trying to be a J for self defense or maybe just fitness and but they're not sure like i think the it? first
1: thing is look for the beginners or more basic classes i think we have at the moment two beginners and basic classes in morgate and uh i'm i'm not sure about the schedule in uh, in balham but always look for the that beginner or the basic class like in like it's really good way to it, introduce yourself when you walk in there because what happened is if you walk in and nothing wrong with that obviously because that's i walked into an advanced class my first class ever but you know i was okay tapping 20 times but um that will put off some people but the problem is when you walk into a full-on advanced class where you have 30 people in the class and and you're okay with getting tapped then that's fine but if you want, make sure you know what you're doing, a little bit of an idea of what you're going to do, choose always a beginner or a basic class. I think uh, there's a possibility of starting a beginner class as well on a Monday evening in Morrigate as well. And uh, that will um, uh, just for complete beginners as well. And that's something we've been doing here in Chelmsford as well, at my academy in Chelmsford. Uh, we have a just, a class just for beginners and that's been fantastic It's working really well. We have a, an environment just for those complete beginners step forward for us making just an environment for them. But, you know, if you've done jiu-jitsu in the past and you're doing weights and you feel very strong, you know, and you've been in fight city for a while, I would say jump in in any class, like we were saying before, you know, like everyone is pretty friendly there. Nobody's going to go and try to, you know, give you a lesson, <laughs> or anything like that, like other gyms I've seen in the past. You know, everybody's keen on having, like, more training partners. So I would say any class would do. But if you're never, if you not feeling very fit at the moment, you know, I, I would say the basic or beginner's class is the best option.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of people after this uh, lockdown, for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um. So what about gi or no gi? Do you think that makes a difference if you're starting out? And would you recommend yeah. one over the other?
1: I recommend the gi for sure. Uh, all my students, they're really good. Uh, for example, Tommy Yeep, uh, he's world-class in gi and no gi, I would say. You know, he obviously, he medaled at the Europeans as well. He's multiple medalist in uh, national competitions in the UK. Um, he's experienced. He fought worlds before in California, went all the way to quarterfinals in the world. Um, he started with a gi. If, if you start with a Gi and you compete in the Gi and you train in the Gi, for you to do the transition for no Gi is not difficult. But if you only do no Gi and you get to a certain level, like a really good level, it is really hard to go back to that same level back in the Gi. Very difficult. So, I and, and against facts, there are no arguments. If you see the main UFC champions in the past, I would say most of them did Gi, training in the Gi at some point. All the best grapplers in ADCC, even if they're not competing in the Gi anymore, at a certain level, they reach training with the Gi. There's a guy that everybody talks about. His name is Gordon Ryan, and he's a an no-Gi guy, and everybody sees him as a no-Gi guy, but a lot of people don't realize that he actually trained all the way in the Gi until Purple Belt, you know, yeah. so Yeah, I think if you're going to think about doing grappling, get a gi and start your journey in the gi before it's too late. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So what's the main differences, like, technically?
1: Oh, there's a lot of differences. The rule set as well is different. Some people say, obviously, a lot of experts say it's a completely different sport. I wouldn't say it's a completely different sport. Let's say football, five a side and 11 in the grass. It's like indoor football and grass football. You know, there's a, a few differences, but it's not a different sport. Um, in, uh, in the gi, for example, there's it's a little bit more limited, the rules. Like you cannot go for heel hook in the gi, for example, which makes absolutely a lot of sense that it doesn't because you're all wrapped up and trapped in material which you cannot escape. So you're going to just destroy your knee, which would ruin the sport for me if heel hooks were allowed in the gi. In no gi, there's a lot of knee reaping and a lot of heel hook. And uh, there's a few more um, techniques, a few more submissions allowed in, in no gi. But there are a lot more techniques in the gi, <laughs> if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's different rule sets, different grips, you know, um, different techniques. Um, yeah, if you go, for example, to you watch, you watch Polaris, for example, and you watch... The uh, London Open in the gi is completely it's different, you know. It's a bit different. But it's a grappling martial art, which, you know. And uh, it, at the end of the day is what we spoke about in the beginning, which is the um, the United Grappling Arts, you know. Like every single technique that works in any other grappling sport, we, we do. So, you know, it, it actually is. Kind of like one sport, but you need to be able to differentiate both. I would say the main thing for me personally in gi no gi is the grip. Obviously, in the gi, you have a lot of lapel and grips in the gi, and in no gi, is we are very limited. So you have to use different techniques to grip your opponent when it's very sweaty, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, good stuff. um So obviously, you're a black belt, and um what was that? feeling like when you finally got that black belt and you know for those who don't know what comes after that because BJJ is a never-ending journey right
1: oh yeah absolutely exactly um BJJ when once you get your black belt like you think I like the fact when people tell me the things that I used to feel as well when I was a blue belt purple belt I used to think I will never get my black belt because it's such a long journey And you're thinking, yeah, I'm okay with just the purple belt. I think purple belt, I'll be fine, you know. And I heard a lot of my students saying that to me as well when they got their black belts, you know. And uh, I think that's really good because you're not in a rush. And the worst thing is to get in a rush to get a belt. And this is usually what happens with the so-called fake black belts, you know. They try to skip all the grind. They, They can't wait. So they try to rush up, you know. Everyone can see, you know. It's like me trying to buy a you know like a fully qualified fitness uh, degree and instead of doing the whole course i'll just try to fake the uh, you know certificate for me okay i'll be able to teach but how long would it take for in fight city for someone to realize that i have no clue what i'm talking about you know so it's the same with jiu-jitsu you can have a black belt you can just go ahead and buy it on ebay you can fake a degree but in how long will it take for everybody to see it, you know? So when you get your black belt, you know you're a black belt, you know? That's the feeling. You know you earned it. You, I've been through, through and through, you know? I was already teaching classes before I got my black belt. I was fighting gi, no gi. I fought MMA. I fought absolutely everything you can imagine, submission only. And then um, I already had students winning competitions, big competitions as well, when I was a brown belt. So when I got my black belt, I was confident enough that I actually earned it. There was never a question in my head. Oh, oh, my God, I don't think I'm ready yet. I was very, very ready for that because I know I work really hard. And the same thing happens when I give black belts. So I gave more than 30 black belts now in the UK, UK oh. and Europe, mainly UK and Poland. You know, I think it's English and Polish were my main black belts. And I think I'm going to give my first Bra- uh, Brazilian native uh, black belt now as soon as he can <laughs> fly back to the UK. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it, and all of them, they, you know, it was an incredible moment. It's something they worked hard for years, but they all like were very confident, you know, when they had it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you got, now you said that, you got all the uh, Brazilians that train with you in the UK, whether well, on the brown belt, are sort of thinking, is it me? Is it me? they <laughs> desperate <laughs> to get back now. <laughs>
1: yeah. I know. I know. Well, this kid, he, I think he knows it as well. He suspects because. You know, he's been doing brilliant right now, really good. And, uh, you know, he left because of the lockdown restrictions. He wanted to carry on competing at Brown Belt. So he went back to Brazil where the, all the tournaments are still open and we're open all the time. People can compete still. Like if you're an athlete, you can carry on with your sport. Um, also with restrictions and all that, but uh, everybody can. It just didn't stop there. Uh, sports didn't stop there. So he went back to Brazil and he's competing a lot and he's doing really well. And, you know, I just can't wait for him to come back and then be my first black belt, the Brazilian, fully Brazilian uh, black belt, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, so um, you spoke a little bit about your your sort of fights and that there. So what what are some of your highlights for you in terms of your fights? And I know you've had a quite a few.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me now, after all these years, I'm kind of like, semi-retired, you know, from competitions. I will still compete here and there. But to me now, the competition is more like, let's say, uh, for example, i never been to Croatia, for example. It's a place where I like to go and I have a student from Croatia here in the UK and he's planning to, when he gets his black belt, to move to Croatia, open his own gym and we can have an affiliate there in Croatia. So, for example, if I want to travel there and there's a tournament there in Croatia, then I'm going to compete against someone my own age. I'll do that. You know, I'll go to Croatia with Sarah and take a holiday, compete there, you know, and not really think about winning like I was before. Obviously I want to win, but to me it's more like, for me now at 47 is like a way that I will motivate myself to lose weight. That's it.
0: Yeah.
1: I I proved everything I had to already. I don't, you know, have to keep competing and competing at 47 year old. And you know, what? I competed at a, a master four, which is like a, uh, for example, my students Taylor and Tommy, they play in the Premier League. You know, I'm I'm playing for Colchester United. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> so i I'm, you know it's very more it's much more relaxed and slow and um so I'm not in a rush. But the highlights for me and the for me it were the very first tournaments I did in Brazil at White Belt, I think. To me still that still that is you know i still it brings me back those memories that's why i say to everybody don't skip the competitions at the beginning when you're a white belt because it's part of your journey you know you will you will learn so much from it and i have and my first tournament ever i did ever ever i lost strangle in 30 seconds and my team they were winning and it gave me so much pressure that in my head i was like i'm thinking i don't i cannot lose now because everybody keeps winning and i was kind of cheering for someone else to fail so that i can fail with him (laughs) (laughs) and uh i was like thinking oh i hope he loot and he was winning and i'm like oh my god so when it was my turn i was so nervous that i actually saw a tunnel in front of me like closing down the tunnel so so much nerves that you know when i woke up from the tunnel i was getting strangled you know
0: yeah
1: i don't even remember what happened and even to make it worse things just to make it worse, I tried to fight my opponent after the match, you know, because I was so angry. (laughs) And it just made everything terrible. And uh, then my coach came to me and said, look, there's another tournament in one month for you to do. Would you like to do? I said, yes. And, And the reason I said yes so quickly is because I thought in my head, it cannot be worse than my first tournament. It cannot go worse. And it didn't. You know, I won two matches and I got my silver medal. I lost in the final. I remember I, I still have that medal somewhere. Um, but I, it was in 1997. And I got my silver medal. And that medal, when I put it on home, I knew it was, you know, I went through and through to get that silver medal. There's no money in the world that can buy that. You know, so yeah. I got smashed my first tournament. I got myself together, trained really hard, learned from the mistake and the nerves that I had from the first tournament. The second one, I did much, much better. And, and it's priceless when you're walking around with your medal. And I, I know your son had that as well. Um, walking around with your medal on your chest, right? And yeah. everybody congratulating you saying, hey, well done, well done. There's nothing, I think, that um, is more, uh, there is a proud moment like that for you, in, in that experience in, in sports, you know, yeah, in general
0: yeah it's definitely a universal thing for sure yeah um so what's your favorite submission and and why is it your favorite
1: yeah i think now i mean i've been asked that a few times already but i think now i don't have a favorite submission now i mean it's it depends on the time you know there's a few things that i'm like i wouldn't say it's a submission right now but i'm working on a specific guard which is called a sit-up guard And I've been working now for the last six months on this technique to develop, you know, and make sure that our students are really sharp with this technique. It's a technique that I've seen a lot of the guys in Brazil, from ZR Team in Brazil, doing it. And I think it's uh, uh, very important for our guys to pick up this kind of style of of guard. So I'm working a lot on this, you know. I've been working a lot. Uh, old school, new school, stuff like that. So I would say I'm working more on the guard right now. But submissions is, um, you know, I went through phases in my life that I was obsessed with hooks and foot locks and everybody said I was a foot lock guy. Now I'm, nobody talks about me being a foot lock guy anymore because I'm not doing that many foot locks anymore. I'm doing more like chokes and stuff like that. So I went through a f- period of time in my life that I just wanted to wrist lock everybody. And I think when it was brown belt, I just want to wrist lock, wrist lock. So I think that's very important for everybody that wants to, that uh, in jiu-jitsu, you need to have a time in your, um, in your belt that you are very specific in that submission. And then the next, let's say six months, you practice another specific submission you work on those specific submissions because now I'm very comfortable with the footlock. Now I'm very comfortable with doing a wrist lock. Now I'm very comfortable with the, you know. So it's, this is something very important for everyone to be really open. Um, Tommy, for example, I would say right now that footlock is a big thing for him now. But yeah. yeah, in a year, in two years, you never know, he might change his opinion as well. So, you know, it all depends uh, on the moment. But I would say right now is the guard. I'm working a lot on the guard.
0: Oh, I look forward to seeing that in the uh, gym um so do you think coaching makes you a better fighter and how long you know was you competing much when you were when you became a coach or did it kind of did you evolve into a coach and sort of leave the fighting behind quite quickly then
1: no no actually no when I started coaching I needed to have a name for myself the thing is when I came back from America I came to the UK you know I, I wasn't desperate to coach but the coaching just appeared. I would, I, I love jiu-jitsu so much that uh, any, any job in jiu-jitsu I would have taken anyway, even if it's just clean the mats, you know? So I had the opportunity, Claudio Silva is a friend of mine. He's in the USC. He gave me a, my first class ever. He awarded my first, class. he said, you want to teach this class in Colchester? So I said, yeah, sure. You know, so I was going to Colchester and when I, it wasn't the perfect world, you know, I was, getting a train a 45 minute train to get to colchester and there was only 3 people there yeah. so it's awful you know and it was dark it was in january it was snowing and you know i used to travel so long to get there and there's just two people three people so obviously no one knew no one knew who I was in essex no one knew who I was in colchester classes were empty sometimes i would show it up there and no one was there. And I felt terrible in getting that money still. Because I still got paid from coming all the way from London. But I just felt awkward by um, you know, by getting there and not having anyone. And I had to compete every weekend. Every time there was a tournament, I was there. Boom, 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 boom. Competing. So people knew more about myself. And also, I was enjoying a lot of the competition at the time at Purple Belt. And brown belt when i started uh, um, coaching it was very important for me as well to have that experience it's very important that my students know that i went through what they're going through so you know if they're really nervous in a tournament they know i was there too they know what i'm feeling so they can speak to me you know and um you know it was and coaching did you when you coach someone let's say someone says because, for example, you guys, you and Manny and are more into kickboxing, Thai boxing. So <clears throat> someone says, can you guys do this Thai boxing class? You're going to have to do a research actually before you teach the class like that, right? you got to see a bit more, okay, how to, you know, make sure that what you're teaching is correct. So that forces you automatically to improve. Because when you're just training, you really don't think that. It has to be perfect, the techniques. You just keep doing them. But when someone says, hey, mate, can you teach the class today? You're like, oh, okay. I have to be on the – what am I going to teach? And uh, let's see the technique if it's correct. So you really have to work on that technique in order to teach, and then that's how you become much better as a coach, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um. So you mentioned – Claudio Silva there and um, so Jiu Jitsu now is a massive part of MMA so sort of ever since UFC 1 and Hoist Gracie was tapping guys twice his size um, and there's a few other guys you work with I know um, Gilbert Burns and James Webb's doing really well um, so how do you coach BJJ for MMA how do you adapt it to that rule mm.
1: set yeah that's a that's a good question actually yeah um, <clears throat> the thing is in order to be a, to me, in, in order to be a good MMA fighter, you either have to come from, a in the UK, I'm not saying America or Pakistan or anything like that. I say United Kingdom, you either come from Jitsu background or you come from a Thai boxing background or kickboxing background, maybe boxing background, you know, but <clears throat> that striking background or that grappling background, because, uh, For you just to start off with MMA, just MMA, without any background, you're going to be very limited of what you do. It's very important that you need to do your jiu-jitsu like a jiu-jitsu person without thinking of jiu-jitsu for MMA in the beginning. I would even go far as saying until purple belt. When you're a purple belt, you take your gi off, the gloves on, and then you start sparring with your gloves on and doing some kind of fake shots. That will be your first introduction to saying, I can't do this, I cannot do that. And immediately at that point, you should start at least twice a week going to Leon's class and making sure that you can't get punched in the face. You're not going to just crumble if you get punched in the face. So to me, that is what I would do with the guy In jiu-jitsu in my class. I mean, we had a guy before in Fight City, an Irish guy. Before, we took him to a show. He competed under Fight City. Full, He learned everything there. And I took him to Colchester once a few uh, years ago, about three, four years ago. When, uh, you know, there's a Brazilian guy there as well. And uh, we took him to a show in Colchester. And he just tapped the guy and his opponent in the first round, I think uh he pretty much he fought amateur obviously you cannot just jump into a pro but um he was just doing jiu-jitsu in my class only and he did classes with leon and when he was ready to do mma we put the gloves on him had him do some rounds with a glove on and he quickly won his match in in the first round i think under three minutes or something (laughs) So that will be the journey for you just to do uh, if, if anybody is interested and in listening is interested in uh, doing MMA is work on your jiu-jitsu a lot and work on your Thai boxing a lot.
0: So, so you just trust jiu-jitsu really? You just, you know, get good at it? and.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a level where you go then to a high level like UFC, which then you have to be at that point. Um, when you get to the USC and you pass your first couple of fights, and they're going to start bringing the, 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 the big dogs to you, at that point, it's going to look more like a stand up fight, you know, because it's going to be extremely hard to take that person down to the ground. Um, you will have to improve your striking a lot. At that point, you're a pro and you've been through and through. But if you go to any amateur event in the UK and you sit down and you watch, you're going to see that 90% of the wins are grappling. There's a scramble. There's a punch scramble. They grab each other, and boom, they go to the ground. The guy that has the better jiu-jitsu wins that match. And I tell you, from 200 shows that I watch in the UK, amateur, and I've been taking students. Boom. What happened to this kid that I, for example, is one of the many examples that I have is that kid since we're speaking to him um, the, from Fight City. He left, he went back to Ireland because he, he was here for studies. And uh, he um, the, why did he win his match? Because he knew more grappling than his opponent. I was there, I watched it, you know. So, yeah, it, it, it's very important in the beginning and it's very important for your training as well to do jiu-jitsu. Because if you are on like 40 years old, and you're doing MMA at a high level, you cannot just do sparring like, like you used to when you were 20 anymore. You're going to get banged. But you still need to train fighting. You still need to work out. What can you do? You do jiu-jitsu. You're not going to get injured. Not like, you know, if you're doing full-on sparring. So it does help a lot still today, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, right, So that leads nicely into this next question. So what do you think about Sort of BJJ for kids, and what age would you recommend they start?
1: Yeah, BJJ for kids is uh, something I've been teaching for a very long time, including you know your Leo, your son. Yeah, right. Um, he uh, uh, the BJJ for kids, as you know and everybody knows, is really important for a kid. Self defense, confidence. The kid will learn how to lose as well, which is so important. That you know how to lose and you come back from that. You know because life when you grow up there's so many disappointments and things you need to deal with and I'm sure jiu jitsu helped all my students because you see all the teenagers that started with me for example Taylor Pearman you know who's a world champion in jiu jitsu he started with me when he was 13 um he, you see how confident young man he is right now it's unbelievable you know he has his own business with James Webb Uh, you know, he's got a girlfriend, he's traveling and really happy, very positive. The same, you see Tommy, the same thing, you know, so it's, it's really important. Uh, We already have examples of that already, of, you know, not even being an athlete, but just Mm -hmm. training Jiu Jitsu. I don't know many of my students who started as a young age and not, they're not doing well right now. I see the majority of them are doing really well right now. They're so confident. Um, very polite young men you know and none of them is fighting in the streets none of them is depressed they're all like pretty good so i think it's extremely important for kids to do any form of martial art especially mm-hmm. jiu because they're going to learn how to get beaten up and that's very important you know especially for today's age where everything is like um everything has to be perfect and sanitized and this and that and you know the first push the kid gets in school that's it for him uh, he needs to learn how to deal with that. We, we were children before. You know how children react. Yeah, it's very sure. important. So anybody's hearing that, we got, anybody's hearing that and they, 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 they're thinking, maybe I should bring my kids. We have an excellent kids program in Balam and uh, with Thai boxing and jiu-jitsu. And if you can take your kid there, it's worth it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've, I've recommended BJJ to so many parents where I've seen their kid and you just, You know they're struggling, even struggling in uh, like semi-contact sports with the physicality, and there's not much physicality at all. They've got no confidence, Mm -hmm. and they get scared by everything. And I've yeah Mm -hmm. recommended BJJ to them. Otherwise, you just see the kids are going to grow up, and they're going to when they're a teenager, it's going to be even worse. You know, so exactly, it's great. It's great for kids. Um, So, um, getting back to sort of like um, BJJ as a sport or sport BJJ, if you like. Uh, what what do you think about like people pulling guard? I know it gets a bit of controversy sometimes, but what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, when you start doing jujitsu, as like I did, I mean, my first initial thing about learning jiu-jitsu was I needed to learn how to fight. I wanted to learn how to fight. I was thinking about street fights when I started jujitsu. And if you start jujitsu your first three months, you're not going to pull guard. You're going to learn. Self-defense, which is you're going to learn how to take someone down. But after that initial thing, after the initial months and that you learn how to take someone down, then it will come the sports jiu-jitsu that, like, happened with me. I did that transition that I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to be a competitor. And now this is very important. If you don't want to play the game in the jiu-jitsu tournament, don't take your students. Yeah. Because if you take your jiu-jitsu, turn- in, um, your students to a jiu-jitsu tournament thinking it's going to be MMA or a fight thing or or you don't want to pull guard, my suggestion is don't take your students to that tournament. They will get destroyed. Now, the guard thing is I wouldn't pull guard, obviously, in a street fight. But what if I fall down? You know, what if somebody tackles me and I'm on the ground? I need to deal with every single scenario In jiu jitsu, you know, like I had cops before that got tackled down and they were had their backs on the floor, which I teach a lot, is the Essex police. And they used the hooks like this, the guard to reverse and come on top. And pretty much that saved their life, you know. So it's very important that you practice your guard. However, if you are in a confrontation in the street, obviously, and somebody's attacking you, do not pull guard, obviously, you know. But um, that is the second step for you to learn how to pull guard is when you also have the option of taking someone down and you can also pull guard and you can surprise your opponent as well and it's very important that you if you want to be a competitor you need to do both you need to be learn how to pull guard and you want to be uh take your opponent down and that's if you want to be a competitor you know
0: yeah yeah for sure um so can you tell us a little bit about the Fight City, BJJ team, our affiliation and about that and any tournaments, anything for the future that's coming up? Yeah, we have tournaments coming back now.
1: Obviously, uh, I, I do believe uh, the restrictions will end now in July. Um, but what I'm seeing, you know, from what I'm reading and talking to people, I do believe. So we, got, um, all our members that are listening, be prepared. From the 25th of July, we'll start the competitions again. And there is another one in August in Brighton. There's another one in September called the All Stars, and you know things are starting to pick up and looking brighter with competitions. And I would say January, you know, we'll hopefully get back to that Europeans that we used to go every year, and uh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward for that. You know,
0: yeah, definitely. And um, we're ZR team, right? that's right, and we've got good world ranking, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, in Europe, uh. Um, in Europe, the last Europeans we were ranked number like three overall in Europe. You know, on all the teams in Europe, so we definitely did a very quick jump from zero to ten. You know, ZR Z- 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 team has only five years; It's only five years old. But you know, we we go toe to toe with all the Gray academies and all the big big academies. So uh, uh, we are, um, you know, we 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 are we're up there. We're on the top top three, top two, and in the UK the same, in the UK we're top two, top three at the moment as well, so we, you know, we can't get to, can't wait to get to number one, the, the top, top team but because of the competitions now we don't know where we are at the moment, but as soon as we start we'll know for sure if we're number one.
0: Yeah, definitely and uh, how did that come about? How did that Zedar uh, affiliation come about? And...
1: Yeah, well, ZR uh, Zedar Zedar uh, with ZR team, you know uh, he ZR used to Zé was in uh, from Recife, Brazil. Uh, he's my first instructor. He's a guy that my family knew of him as well. He was friends with my uncles in Brazil. Uh, so I knew him pretty much for a very, very long time. I knew who he is. But he was in a different... When I moved to Europe, he, I couldn't train with him anymore, obviously. So I have to find a gym for me to train. You know, So I was training in in one team and he was in another team. He was in Gracie Baja for many years and he helped develop that team into like a powerhouse it was, you know. And there was a moment then Z was unhappy with his team. I was unhappy with the team I was here as well. And when the opportunity came, he spoke to me and he said he was leaving Gracie Baja and I knew at that point we should, you know, we should join like together. And we've been since, and it's doing really well. And I'm very happy with the team I am right now. Really, really happy. Uh, I think uh, if you give me an opportunity to work, i I'm, 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 in jiu-jitsu, I'm a workaholic, so I work seven days a week. Like this week, I'm working seven days. So if you give me an opportunity to work in jiu-jitsu, I'll work it out. Like if you see a Reef Academy in Chelmsford here, we, we put so much effort in that we had 60 new members now, you know. You see Fight City, you know, with all, we went through and through with all the lockdowns and all that stuff, and we are in the city, which is dead everywhere else, but our gym is still busy in the city. That's because so much passion we put on and so much work, you know? So I think this is a, it's it's a new area for us as well. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're really looking forward when things fully, fully open now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, can attest to that. You know, we really appreciate the uh... Effort you put in with a BJJ, you just, you know, anyone wants to see for themselves, just pop your head in anytime there's a class. on, always busy. Always busy. Um, so where do you see BJJ's future and what are your plans and um, and what, how do you see the ZR team as well, along with Fight City? Yeah, just how, how do you see things looking forward? Yeah, Fight City, I see uh, five years from
1: now, um fight city becoming um, having multiple academies across the UK and I think we're going in going to go through a very positive time right now when more than ever now I would say I would say that we're going to have a January every month from September, October, November is going to be a, a new January like we're going to have so many members coming in because um, people understand the importance of fitness now, the importance of mental health now. So, where other place would you get that um, than in the gym, than in a martial art academy, either with me or with Leon, you know? And so, I see a very successful future for all of us, for the team as well, for sports in general. And not just for our academies, for, you know, most academies that are having people very positive and they're working really hard. And jujitsu, I think, is just going to continue to grow. You know, it's going to have even uh, more and more members, more uh, people now than ever know actually what jujitsu is. When we do the beginners course, they already know jujitsu, and th- I'll say that because before people would just come to a jiu-jitsu gym and they thought they were going to do karate. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's much popular now, and I cannot see going down. I see going up now with. You know, more competitions, more tournaments. Uh, we get high-level black belts now in the UK, you know, like something we didn't have just only 10 years ago, you know? Like world-class yeah. black belts. Like black belts can compete in anywhere in the world and before we didn't have that. So I just see us growing and growing and growing, especially jiu in the UK, you know, which is something I've been following since the baby steps, since Jiu-Jitsu started here in
0: 2001. Yeah, definitely. Um, so if people want to train with you at Fight City, how, how can they do that? Well, there's a couple of things. You know, I'm,
1: we, we don't have a cult. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. We're very approachable people. Like I would just say, if anybody sees me in Fight City and I'm walking around on the mats, if I have a stern face, it's because maybe I'm focused on the sparring and I want to see what's going on. And usually I'm afraid of injuries a lot. I'm really paranoid of my students getting injured, so I'm always watching to make sure nobody's injured. But once I look around and you see me there, you can just wave your hand and just approach me right away and say, hey, um, which class would you recommend me to attend? Or any of the instructors, not just me. You can speak to Sarah at any point. You can just approach Tommy and just, hey, uh, sorry, I would just want some informations, uh, information about Jiu-Jitsu. Whatever the question is, we're always going to treat everybody with a lot of respect. With you know, And we've been there as well. I've been a complete, complete beginner. And I wanted some questions as well to ask some questions. I was nervous. So we know what you're going through. So you just come along and approach. We're easy, relaxed people, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. And you, and they can do one-on-one sessions with you as well. Can't they? Oh yeah. 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 I
1: am fully, fully booked right now in terms of privates. Uh, I can put in a waiting list, obviously, Mm. but, um, sarah and tommy uh have availabilities as well for jiu-jitsu for privates
0: yeah cool that's it you got a good problem there good problem <laughs> um so all right we'll we'll wrap it up now I'll let you go because it's been on a long time which we appreciate But is anyone you want to give a shout out to or anyone you want to mention or anything you want to mention
1: uh, at the, uh yeah at the top of my head uh because we're speaking about fight city you know i have to um say that there's uh you know, you know who is who, you know who I'm talking about and uh, um, I have to say it was a very hard year for us and I have nothing but appreciation for everybody, for, for the guys that I see, I really do, it meant a lot to me, you know, going through that very difficult time and we survived and came on top the way we did to me something i will never forget so i'm very appreciative of and you know who i'm talking about you know it's you (laughs) thank you so much um and uh i'll see you guys in training that's what i do best instead of you know is see you guys in the gym i'll see you guys monday
0: (laughs) yeah good stuff all right thanks alan catch you in the gym cheers mate mate. Bye. bye